the Giants playing what you would call a big game ahead of the showdown against the Cowboys on Thursday. You've got the Jets in what you could argue is the biggest game in seven years. So both local football teams who had really little to no expectations coming into the season, both playing pivotal games in Week 11. You could not have asked for more. We wanted relevancy. We wanted something to to talk about just because we had been deprived so much uh, the last couple of years with what has been you know a disaster for both of these clubs and they've answered the bell the Jets at six and three the Giants at seven and two I mean what more could you have asked for so we'll talk about both the football games Giants playing the Lions tomorrow Jets of course up in Foxborough to play the New England Patriots and oh boy, it's a game that I'm excited for, but I'll also tell you why I am so nervous. God, I got to touch on the Knicks as well, because though they, they won their first two games on this road trip in Utah and in Denver, last night's debacle where you know Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, and R.J. Barrett were all dreadful is definitely worthy of a discussion, so we'll get to them tonight as well. Aaron Judge wins the MVP, but then we had two haters on the West Coast area who decided that, you know, somehow Otani had a better season. Can't quite figure that out. We'll talk about all the Yankees and Judge and as far as this, this marriage that we're, we hope is not headed for a divorce. Which party needs the other more? Kyrie Irving looks like he's back tomorrow against the Grizzlies. No John Morant. And then, of course, we'll go around the NFL uh, Week 11 so 800-919-3776, Ty D. Butler on Twitter. Let's head to Foxborough, where we begin with the New York Jets. And as I mentioned, it's week 11. You look at the slate. One of the biggest games on the schedule involves the New York Jets. What? <laughs> One of the biggest games on the week 11 slate involving my New York football Jets? How how did we exactly get here? Because I remember week one watching Jets, Ravens, thinking, oh, this team is not good. Vegas had the over-under at five and a half for the season. Are the Jets going to hit five wins? And now we could, 24 hours from now, be talking about a first-place New York Jets team. And by the way, I'll be back on the air 9 to midnight, so you get the Jets playing tomorrow. Uh, Larry Hardesty is going to take you from 6 to 9, and I'll follow him from 9 to midnight. We could very well be breaking down a game that now has the Jets sitting at first place in the AFC East, which, by the way, would be the first time it's been this late in the season, and that's happened in over, what, 12 years? So you got to go back to 2010, so exactly 12 years since the last time that happened. We could be breaking it down. We also could be reacting to what would be a deflating loss that now has the Jets staring at literally every team up in the division because all three, the Dolphins, Bills, and Pats, would be ahead of the Jets if they lose this game tomorrow. So that just gives you the overall scope of how big this game is. And I, and I understand in talk radio and in sports talk, we, we over-dramatize things for effect. But no, this game is huge. It, it, it is, I mean, every game now becomes the biggest game of the season because we're now marching toward that <laughs> scary area of playoff expectation. 
But after you beat the Bills last week, you can't come back and lose to the Patriots. And it's not that I'm dismissing them. The Jets should have beaten New England a couple weeks ago. If not for Zach, you know, deciding to have his wor- the worst game of his career. They should have won that game two weeks ago. This is a game they absolutely should win tomorrow. And why I'm so excited is because of all the reasons I mentioned. First place, playoff expectations. And you figure that if they are to win this game, it means Zach Wilson played pretty well. So it's it's coming full circle because for, for two decades, we had to watch Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick dominate this division. And then after his exodus, it was like, welcome Josh Allen to the fold. Now we've got to watch him, you know, win MVP after MVP and have the Bills contending for titles every single year. And they entered this season as the favorites. Then all of a sudden, the Dolphins trade for Tyreek Hill, and, and now they're loaded on, on offense to go along with that great defense. And Mike McDaniel is definitely separating himself as one of the best coaches in football. But then adding to that mix, here come the Jets. And Robert Sala, since keeping receipts, has answered the bell. And it's now become the best division in football, not just because of the Bills and the Dolphins and the Pats, but the Jets have you know, provided their contributions to this being such an elite division. So that's why I'm excited, because it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's payback. A game they should have won in MetLife Stadium. Now it's going to be tougher because you go to Foxborough against a team you've lost to 13 straight times, which just feels unfathomable how you can lose to a team that many times in a row. But here it is. For not all the marbles because the season isn't going to end, you know, either way. Like tomorrow doesn't punch their ticket to the Super Bowl with the win or doesn't end the season with the loss. But it's going to be a roller coaster of emotions. You win this game, you start to dream big at seven and three. And I, and I dare say we're on the cusp of not making the playoffs, being a disappointment. And I know we don't want to go that far. We want to live in the moment and, and enjoy it. But with the emergence of one of the best defensive units in football, the coaching doing an excellent job uh, dealing with a bunch of injuries, and now. We see weapons with Garrett Wilson and, you know, Michael Carter. With all of this coming into play, you start to recalibrate those expectations. And, yes, at 6-3, and three, if you can get this win tomorrow and improve to 7-3, and three, and now at worst you're splitting against every single team in your division, you begin to look at the playoffs as, yes, that is the expectation. So it's a lot on the line tomorrow. A lot is on the line in this game, and of course, it's going to start and end with the quarterback, Zach Wilson, who, in his career against the Pats, because obviously they've lost uh, 13 straight games, so in his three career starts, he's 0-3, but the number is not pretty. Seven interceptions, two touchdowns, and the offense hasn't scored more than 17 points. Something has to change. And if there was ever a moment for Zach Wilson to show and broadcast to the masses. And that's not just the Jet fan base, but that is the national audience, that this guy is going to have what it takes to become the franchise quarterback this organization has been desperately looking for for as long as I can remember. If there was ever a time for him to have a coming out party, 
it would be tomorrow afternoon in Foxborough against the greatest head coach of all time who somehow finds a way to always stymie young quarterbacks. We always hear about it. Hear about it. You know, Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts. Zach Wilson last week might have been seeing ghosts. You know, couldn't even throw the ball out of bounds. I said last week. Of course, I'm talking about a couple weeks ago when they played the pass. Couldn't even throw the ball out of bounds. This would be such a huge win for the franchise. Such a, a monumental step in the right direction for the organization. And I, I've heard, you know, Zach Wilson play it down, how big this game is. And, you know, the coaching staff, you know, it's Robert Sala. You know, it's just one game. We know it's not just one game. They're going to say that to the media because they don't want to intensify the pressure in that locker room. But they understand that this game almost counts as one and a half. You drop down to last place, you now have been swept by the Pats, who might be, you know, if we're looking at the three team, the three other teams, Dolphins, Bills, and Pats, the Pats might be the most inferior of that trio. So to, to get swept a week after that Buffalo win, that would be devastating. So it's not just another game. This is a critical game. And we're going to talk about it. 800-919-3776, a deeper dive into what the expectation be, should be for tomorrow afternoon's matchup between the Jets and the Pats. Oh, I'm excited. Week 11. Hit me up on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler, 800-919-3776. Want to hear from the Jet fans. Expectations. Because you know the moment we experience an ounce of success is when the downfall starts to happen. So we are hoping and praying that we do not see that unfold tomorrow afternoon. Your phone call is coming up next right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. I heard Ira in Staten Island, big Jets fan, listening to Rothenberg this morning, and... I wrote this down because it was something I wanted to, you know, mention on the show. And it, it was, you know, I don't expect Zach Wilson to go out there and throw for 300 yards. And it's a consistent sentiment that is uttered by the fan base. It feels like every game. And at some point, if this is your franchise quarterback, which we're all hoping he amounts to be, the, the way we view him is going to have to change. Because I also just got you know a DM from this guy on Twitter at Mint, uh, Mint Mulatto, who says the recipe for success is to establish the run early, continue to run all afternoon, mix in eighteen to twenty-two passes. And look, I understand because right now we don't trust Zach the way that we should. We want this to be the recipe for success: defense and running game, because we become nostalgic about it, thinking about. You know, 2009 and 2010, the, the back-to-back AFC championship runs. And that's how the Jets were able to attain, you know, prosperity. But if this is the guy that you drafted number two overall, at some point, the, the, the ball is going to be in his hands, and he's going to have to make big throws. So I would love for us to, to arrive to a, a situation or arrive to a place where we can – ahead of a big game, say, yeah, Zach Wilson can absolutely go out there and win it for you. Because what did get lost in that debacle uh, against New England a couple weeks ago was that he threw for a career-high 355 yards and two touchdowns. 
why did it get lost? He threw also he also threw three interceptions. That's why I got lost. So now the conversation became, well, we need to take the pressure off of him. He's throwing the ball too much. Let, let's rely heavily on one of the strengths of the team, and that's the running game. And I understand that. I'm not disagreeing with it. I'm just saying that if he's ever going to evolve and become the guy that we think he can be, because the talent obviously is there, it's just you know, the, the decision-making is just horrible sometimes. We're going to have to increase the expectations. So in tomorrow afternoon's game, I don't think it's too much to ask of him not to simply throw the other team the ball three times. It shouldn't be too much to ask Zach while trying to throw it out of bounds, not throw it to the other team. Like, I don't think that's a lot to ask. I get wanting to extend plays, but you have to really skate that line of, you know, when it's worth it. On first and 10, we don't need hero ball. Because that interception where he's throwing, out, throwing the ball out of bounds, that was on first down. Take, dude, throw it, get rid of it, and then live to see two more plays. So I, I want him to, in his mind, be able to keep plays alive and keep drives alive and try to make, you know, pl- pl- make it happen with his legs. But you just have to have more sound decision-making. And I and understand, look, it's, it's easier said than done. The game is moving so fast that the Pats defense is good. Belichick is a mastermind. So it's tough, but, hey, you're an NFL quarterback, so we should expect you not to keep giving the other team the ball because – I think everyone would admit you play a clean game, this defense is good enough where the Jets should beat New England, even in Foxborough. They should. Zach, this year, has played six games. He's got five interceptions. All of the interceptions have come in just two games. So I guess essentially he's played four clean games and is out of the six this year. We need that to become number five tomorrow, and the Jets will be walking out of Foxborough with the win. 800-919-3776. Batting leadoff for us tonight is Aaron in the car. What's up, Aaron? Hey, good evening, Ty. Good evening to the company. Hey, What's before up, I get started on the Jets point, um, just wanted to say I had an awesome time meeting you last night at the K-Show anniversary party. Um, I was trying to track down the podcast, and then when I found out you are going to be on 6-10 tonight, I thought, uh, not only do I got to listen live, but I got to step into the dojo and talk to my man, Taekwondo, <laughs> about our Jets live on the air. So here Yo, I am. Aaron. Yo, man, it was it was dope meeting you last night. I I had a blast at the K-Show, uh, at the K-Show 20th anniversary event, which we'll, we'll talk about more as the show progresses. But, you know, appreciate you and everyone for coming out there and supporting the guys, supporting the station. It was great to be a part of that moment. A lot of love. Uh, permeating the uh, P- Palladium Times Square Arena, and it was fun, man. I was I was excited to meet you, so I'm I'm glad we got an opportunity to do that. You and me both, man. It's all love, but uh, about this Jets game. So I'm I'm with you in lockstep. I'm really really nervous about this game, but you know what? After being so bad for so long, it's kind of good to be able to feel nervous about a Jets game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I think as far as uh, as far as Zach is concerned, I want to quote Al Pacino talking to Jamie Lee. Uh, I'm sorry, t- talking to Jamie Fox in uh, Any Given Sunday. You see it before you do it. You see it, you do it. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's you don't have to force. You don't have to force it if it's not there. It's okay, like you said, to take a sack, throw it away, live to fight another down. But at the same time, you see it, you do it. 
Don't be indecisive. You see a read, make the decision. If it's third and five and you don't have anybody open, but you see real estate in front of you, you know, take off, slide, move the chains. You know, this this New England offense isn't something that you're going to have to outshoot. I think if you shut down Ramondre Stevenson, you really can't do much else. Trust the running game. Trust the defense. We have the formula. They beat us 13 times in a row. Go into Foxborough, get a win, show me something. It's a statement game, and I appreciate the call and the love, Aaron. It's a statement game, and I love what you brought up about being able to run for first downs, which I've been critical of him for the first four games of the season, um, or five games of the season, I should say, because I felt like there was too much hustling backwards going on. Like we're doing the spin move, spin move, spin move into a 13-yard sack, and it just made no sense. One thing I've enjoyed watching Daniel Jones this year is he understands his strengths and his limitations. He understands the team's strengths and, li- and limitations. They don't have weapons outside of Saquon Barkley. Like, yeah, it's been a remarkable story and what they've been able to do, but they're not winning games because of their offense. The defense has been exceptional, and Saquon is carrying them. But what Daniel Jones is doing is when the pass rush gets there, he's escaping and running forward. <laughs> he's finding the gaps and running forward. He's not going backwards and, and you know trying to make all these Patrick mahomes as plays and Russell Wilson in his prime. He doesn't need to do that. He sees a hole, he runs right through it, and then first down, first down, first down, drive continues. And all of a sudden, you're scoring points, and you're putting your team in, in position to win games. And I, I didn't think we saw enough of that from Zach Wilson, whereas last week, there was a little bit uh, of a change, and he was able to do that. And I still think it's a little awkward for him trying to slide and get down because I don't know if he quite trusts you know, himself in that situation because of you know, the knee injury he suffered against the Eagles in the preseason. But that's, that's what I want to see more of from him. Sound decision-making. You don't have to – we don't need you to be Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow right now. At some point, you're going to have to hopefully get there if this team has aspirations of really contending, you know, year in and year out. But right now, with as good as this defense has played and the rushing attack that you've displayed, the coaching has been excellent with all of the, you know, changes to the offensive line. I've been really impressed with what uh, Salah and his coaches have done. We don't need you to play hero ball. Don't be the reason why they lose games. You were the single reason why they lost uh, against New England. You were why they lost that game. Don't have that happen again. Anthony in the mail truck wants to chop it up. What's up, Anthony? Hi, what's going on, brother? How are you? What to do, baby? So I'm, I'm going to go off of my point with Aaron Judge. Uh, we can talk about that a little later. Um, but this Jets, this Jets game, you know, I'm a, like you, like you know, I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. But I like this Jets team, man. I really do. You know, I feel like they got the pieces. Um, you know, not to, not to really like like the Greeny point. Greeny saying, you know, they got the pieces right now, but next year and the year after is, is when they're really going to get after it. And I think, you know, for the years to come, I think that they're going to give Josh Allen a run for his money. And you know, Tua and company over there. You know, and like you said, I've been I've been working on uh, the NFC East being the uh, best division of football. But I mean, I feel like it's the AFC East and the NFC East, and then it's everyone else. You know, these, these teams in both divisions are playing phenomenally well, and they're all well coached, <laughs> as 
Sean Payton next year. But, you know, I, I just want to hear your thoughts on that. And uh, always great to hear you, Ty, and I'll be listening, brother. Appreciate the call, Anthony. Yeah, I mean, these two divisions, I, I think, have, have emerged as the two best in football uh, with the Commanders beating the, the Eagles on Monday night. Now they join the AFC East as the only two divisions in football with every single team at or above 500. So and you mentioned the Cowboys being the only team in that division with, I guess, a coaching deficiency. I think the, the two things that are going to hold them back, if because the Cowboys can win the, the title this year, they're 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 really good in, in a conference that's not really all excuse me all that loaded. So the Cowboys can win it, but Dak can't make the decisions he did last week against uh, against the Packers and that overtime loss. And then Mike McCarthy, I just don't think he's a good head coach. And I'm old enough to remember everyone who said the Jets were you know were 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 wrong for not hiring him. He's got championship hardware. I watched a lot of my Mike McCarthy because I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan, so I watch every Packers game. Mike McCarthy was was after that Super Bowl was not very good. He was not a good head coach, and I never wanted the Jets to hire him. I just I thought the game was passing him by, and I think the Cowboys have performed well this year in spite of McCarthy, and maybe if. They experience, you know, early season or per early postseason exit. He'll get fired, but that's that's Jerry's guy. Back to the Jets, though. Yeah, it's 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 been a fun brand of football, and and the first caller also brought up. It feels good to be at week eleven and have nerves because it means you're playing for something, which is not been which has not been the case for a very long time since 2015. It's been seven years since you were actually playing meaningful games. Late in the season, you you have the in the hunt graphic on these broadcasts, and we're gonna start to see. You know, the Jets are right there, and tomorrow, because of the the Dolphins being on a bye, you have an opportunity to, with a win, secure first place in the AFC East division. And some people are gonna look at it as, you know, celebrating prematurely. I I say you take your wins where they come, and because you have a fan base that is starving, 12 years removed from its last postseason experience, uh, postseason um, game, you you have to take every opportunity you can to applaud and to celebrate and to live in the moment. This is a huge game because my question for everyone out there is: I understand the limitations they have at quarterback. But if Zach Wilson does become a really good one, what is their ceiling? We know the Jets have an excellent defense. We're starting to believe more in the coaching staff. But if Zach Wilson isn't going to be the reason this team loses, and not just that, if he actually becomes good, what do you think their ceiling is? Because I heard Don on the K show, you know, utter they have a championship level defense, and I don't I don't think that's an overstatement. They absolutely do. And it sucks with the injuries to Brees Hall, who was their best offensive player. He was so dynamic. And that's no slight to Gary Rosen, who I think is phenomenal. Brees, Brees Hall, to me, was just he was just a game changer. And losing him is, is devastating. Losing Elijah Vera Tucker, who was, who was so valuable, switching positions on the offensive line, that, that's brutal as well. But in spite of all of that, you still have Garrett Wilson. Corey Davis is going to miss his third straight game, but 
He'll be back at some point. And he actually was having a bounce-back season. Braxton Berrios is still there. You still have weapons. We got to talk about Elijah Moore, who all of a sudden looks like they're going to be moving him to the slot. He He's a weapon. If Zach Wilson can become a good quarterback, what is the ceiling for this Jet team? 800-919-3776. Ty D. Butler on Twitter. Back in a moment with your phone calls right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Jacob, so last night we hung out at the K-Show event, which, by the way, was a blast. So shout out to the station uh, and Good Karma for putting together this event at the Palladium in Times Square, honoring the 20-year anniversary of the Michael K. Show. Michael K., Don LaGreca, Peter Rosenberg, all there looking dapper as usual, just celebrating what's been a remarkable one, a remarkable run. 20 years doing this show. I mean, that, that, that's an amazing accomplishment, and it, it's a great show, 3 to 7 every day right here on 98.7 ESPN. And as Greeny talked about in his spot in the 3 o'clock hour, uh, chemistry, it's hard to get, but once you find it, man, it's a gem, and, and those guys have it. it. It's comedy. It's not just hardcore sports talk, you know, breaking down, you know, Rizzo's five at-bats and the loss against the Blue Jays. You get a lot of comedy, pop culture, movies and TV references, those guys do an excellent job. So I'm so proud of them, so happy uh, to be able to experience and share that moment with them last night, celebrating what is and continues to be a tremendous accomplishment. So big up to Rosenberg, LaGreca, and Kay for last night. I had a blast. Jacob, it was good to see you that there last night as well. Yeah, it was. I know uh, we don't get to see each other that often. Uh, yeah, that's why it was so fun, man. Like, we, we all got a chance to hang out. Uh, I met Sauce Gardner, so that was pretty cool. Joe Torrey. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm, I'm a little jealous. I was in studio when that happened. So <laughs> so me saying this isn't making you feel good, but Sauce was a cool dude. Joe, Oswaldo Cabrera, um, Seth Rollins, David Cohn walked past me. So it was fun, man. It, it, was a, it, was a, it was a blast. Nick Mangold actually was arriving as he was exiting. So being in that atmosphere – you, you pinch yourself sometimes in this business because you get the opportunity to be around absolute stars, athletes, celebrities, and moments like that you live for. But last night, man, the roast was pretty good. I, yo, Dave and, and Carlin and Rick brought it. Oh, my gosh. they Absolutely, Rick was my favorite out the, out the bunch. Like, don't get me wrong, Dave and Chris did their thing, and I see they— Chris was more so prepared than anybody else. Like, Yeah, he was—you could tell that those guys were nervous, which— so it's so funny to see them nervous because you're just not used to it. Like they're they're obviously great at what they do and on the air. Like you know, being able to produce and work with them, never seen them talking in the microphone nervous. So to see that happen last night was pretty funny. But let's be honest. Like uh, I think they guys were more so nervous because of what Rick was gonna say. <laughs> Yo, he brought it. Yo, I mean, he going at the sales department. He's going at. And marriages, uh, yo, Rick, Rick, <laughs> Rick's, Rick's got some security, man. He he knows how valuable he is, so he can push the envelope a little, uh, envelope a little bit. But it was fun. Yeah, yeah it was time. a it was a great time. I was glad to see everybody there. You know, everybody doing their thing. Um, hopefully, we get to have another outing like that soon. Yeah, we should. And I was gonna say it was it was also. Uh, amongst all the names I mentioned, good to see Chantel there last night, but that's right, she didn't bother to show up. I so what happened there? 
So apparently she was too busy boo-boo loving. She couldn't come to a station event, even though we were celebrating a, a, a huge feat for three of the biggest talents we have here in New York radio. You just find you found yourself too good enough to attend? Um, no, not too good, but I had other matters to tend to. Not good enough. You, you got to be there. <laughs> you got to be there to celebrate. This this was a huge night, and you weren't there. And you, you got on the job, what, a couple months ago? This would have been a good opportunity for you to ingratiate yourself, and, and you dropped the ball. So got to make fun of you for that. I was there in spirit, and I'll be at other events for sure. <laughs> for sure. 800-919-3776. We'll get back to your jet phone calls. Uh, got to talk about the Giants as well. They play the Lions tomorrow. This could be a trap game because you got the Cowboys – uh, you travel to Dallas to play the Cowboys four days from tomorrow, so five days from now. And if they if the Giants do beat the Lions, I like to look big picture and give you numbers to, you know, provide perspective. Giants win tomorrow. Giants Cowboys on Thursday be- becomes the biggest game they played since the 2016 playoffs against the Packers. So how's that for the Giant fan base? You got six years. Uh, in the making to get to this point. Jets have seven years in the making to get to this point. So both fan bases are, are flourishing. Both fan bases are thriving right now. So we'll talk about that, talk about that as we continue to go forward. Coming back right here, 800-919-3776. Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, back in a moment right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. The Giants playing what you would call a big game ahead of the showdown against the Cowboys on Thursday. You've got the Jets in what you could argue is the biggest game in seven years. So both local football teams who had really little to no expectations coming into the season, both playing pivotal games in Week 11. You could not have asked for more. We wanted relevancy. We wanted something to, to talk about just because we had been deprived so much uh, the last couple of years with what has been you know, a disaster for both of these clubs, and they've answered the bell. The Jets at 6-3, and three, the Giants at 7-2. and two. I mean, what more could you have asked for? So we'll talk about both the football games, Giants playing the Lions tomorrow, Jets, of course, up in Foxborough to play the New England Patriots. And, oh, boy, it's a game that I'm excited for, but I'll also tell you why I am so nervous. God, i got to touch on the Knicks as well because though they, they won their first two games on this road trip in Utah and in Denver last night's debacle where, you know, Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, and R.J. Barrett were all dreadful is definitely worthy of a discussion. So we'll get to them tonight as well. Aaron Judge wins the MVP, but then we had two haters on the West Coast area who decided that, you know, somehow Otani had a better season. Can't quite figure that out. We'll talk about all the Yankees and Judge and as far as this, this marriage that we're, we hope is not headed for a divorce. Which party needs the other more? Kyrie Irving looks like he's back tomorrow against the Grizzlies. No John Morant. And then, of course, we'll go around the NFL uh, Week 11 so 800-919-3776, Ty D. Butler on Twitter. Let's head to Foxborough, where we begin with the New York Jets. And as I mentioned, it's week 11. You look at the slate. One of the biggest games on the schedule involves the New York Jets. What? <laughs> hey, hey, 
one of the biggest games on the Week 11 slate involving my New York football Jets. How how did we exactly get here? Because I remember Week 1 watching Jets-Ravens thinking, oh, this team is not good. Vegas had the over-under at 5.5 for the season. Are the Jets going to hit five wins? And now we could, 24 hours from now, be talking about a first-place New York Jets team. And by the way, I'll be back on the air 9 to midnight, so you get the Jets playing tomorrow. Uh, Larry Hardesty is going to take you from 6 to 9, and I'll follow him from 9 to midnight. We could very well be breaking down a game that now has the Jets sitting at first place in the AFC East, which, by the way, would be the first time it's been this late in the season, and that's happened in over what, 12 years? So you got to go back to 2010, so exactly 12 years since the last time that happened. We could be breaking it down. We also could be reacting to what would be a deflating loss that now has the Jets staring at literally every team up in the division because all three, the Dolphins, Bills, and Pats, would be ahead of the Jets if they lose this game tomorrow. So that just gives you the overall scope of how big this game is. And I, and I understand in talk radio and in sports talk, we, we over-dramatize things for effect. But no, this game is huge. It, it, it is, I mean, every game now becomes the biggest game of the season because we're now marching toward that <laughs> scary area of playoff expectation. But after you beat the Bills last week, you can't come back and lose to the Patriots. And it's not that I'm dismissing them. The Jets should have beaten New England a couple weeks ago. If not for Zach, you know, deciding to have his wor the worst game of his career. They should have won that game two weeks ago. This is a game they absolutely should win tomorrow. And why I'm so excited is because of all the reasons I mentioned. First place, playoff expectations. And you figure that if they are to win this game, it means Zach Wilson played pretty well. So it's it's coming full circle because for, for two decades, we had to watch Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick dominate this division. And then after his exodus, it was like, welcome Josh Allen to the fold. Now we've got to watch him, you know, win MVP after MVP and have the Bills contending for titles every single year. And they entered this season as the favorites. Then all of a sudden, the Dolphins trade for Tyreek Hill, and, and now they're loaded on, on offense to go along with that great defense. And Mike McDaniel is definitely separating himself as one of the best coaches in football. But then adding to that mix, here come the Jets. And Robert Sala, since keeping receipts, has answered the bell. And it's now become the best division in football, not just because of the Bills and the Dolphins and the Pats, but the Jets have, you know, provided their contributions to this being such an elite division. So that's why I'm excited because it's a it's a it's it's payback. A game they should have won in MetLife Stadium. Now it's going to be tougher because you go to Foxborough against a team you've lost to 13 straight times, which just feels unfathomable how you could lose to a team that many times in a row. But here it is. For not all the marbles because the season isn't going to end, you know, e either way. Like tomorrow doesn't you know, punch their ticket to the Super Bowl with the win or 
doesn't end the season with the loss, but it's going to be a roller coaster of emotions. You win this game, you start to dream big at seven and three. And I, and I dare say we're on the cusp of not making the playoffs, being a disappointment. And I know we don't want to go that far. We want to live in the moment and, and enjoy it. But with the emergence of one of the best defensive units in football, the coaching doing an excellent job uh, dealing with a bunch of injuries, and now you see weapons with Garrett Wilson and you know Michael Carter, with all of this coming into play, you start to recalibrate those expectations. And yes, at 6-3, and three, if you can get this win tomorrow and improve to 7-3, and three, and now at worst you're splitting against every single team in your division, you begin to look at the playoffs as, yes, that is the expectation. So it's a lot on the line tomorrow. A lot is on the line in this game, and of course it's going to start and end with the quarterback, Zach Wilson, who in his career against the Pats, because obviously they've lost thir uh, 13 straight games, so in his three career starts, he's 0-3, but the number is not pretty. Seven interceptions, two touchdowns, and then the offense hasn't scored more than 17 points. Something has to change. And if there was ever a moment for Zach Wilson to show and broadcast to the masses, and that's not just the Jet fan base, but that is the national audience, that this guy is going to have what it takes to become the franchise quarterback this organization has been desperately looking for for as long as I can remember. If there was a, ever a time for him to have a coming out party, it would be tomorrow afternoon in Foxborough against the greatest head coach of all time who somehow finds a way to always stymie young quarterbacks. We always hear about it. Hear about it. You know, Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts. Zach Wilson last week might have been seeing ghosts. You know, couldn't even throw the ball out of bounds. I said last week. Of course, I'm talking about a couple weeks ago when they played the pass. Couldn't even throw the ball out of bounds. This would be such a huge win for the franchise. Such a, a monumental step in the right direction for the organization. And I, I've heard, you know, Zach Wilson play it down, how big this game is. And, you know, the coaching staff, you know, it's Robert Sala. You know, it's just one game. We know it's not just one game. They're going to say that to the media because they don't want to intensify the pressure in that locker room. But they understand that this game almost counts as one and a half. You drop down to last place. You now have been swept by the Pats, who might be, you know, if we're looking at the three teams, the three other teams, Dolphins, Bills, and Pats, the Pats might be the most inferior of that trio. So to, to get swept a week after that Buffalo win, that would be devastating. So it's not just another game. This is a critical game. And we're going to talk about it. 800-919-3776, a deeper dive into what the expectation be, should be for tomorrow afternoon's matchup between the Jets and the Pats. Oh, I'm excited. Week 11. Hit me up on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler, 800-919-3776. Want to hear from the Jet fans. Expectations. Because you know the moment we experience an ounce of success is when the downfall starts to happen. So we are hoping and praying that we do not see that unfold tomorrow afternoon. Your phone call is coming up next right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.
I heard Ira and Staten Island, big Jet fan, listening to Rothenberg this morning, and I, I wrote this down because it was something I wanted to, you know, mention on the show, and it, it was, you know, I don't expect Zach Wilson to go out there and throw for 300 yards, and it's a consistent sentiment that is uttered by the fan base. It feels like every game. And at some point, if this is your franchise quarterback, which we're all hoping he amounts to be, the the way we view him is going to have to change. Because I also just got you know a DM from this guy on Twitter, at Mitt Mulatto, who says, the recipe for success is to establish the run early, continue to run all afternoon, mix in 18 to 22 passes. And look, I understand because right now we don't trust Zach the way that we should. We want this to be the recipe for success, defense and running game because we become nostalgic about it, thinking about, you know, 2009 and 2010, the, the back-to-back AFC championship runs, and that's how the Jets were able to attain, you know, prosperity. But if this is the guy that you drafted number two overall, at some point, the, the ball is going to be in his hands and he's going to have to make big throws. So I would love to us to to arrive to uh, a situation or arrive to a place where we can, ahead of a big game, say, yes, Zach Wilson can absolutely go out there and win it for you. Because what did get lost in that debacle uh, against New England a couple weeks ago is that he threw for a career high 355 yards and two touchdowns. Why did it get lost? He threw also he also threw three interceptions. That's why I got lost. So now the conversation became, well, we need to take the pressure off of him. He's throwing the ball too much. Let, let's rely heavily on one of the strengths of the team, and that's the running game. And I understand that. I'm not disagreeing with it. I'm just saying that if he's ever going to evolve and become the guy that we think he can be, because the talent obviously is there, it's just you know, the, the decision-making is just horrible sometimes. We're going to have to increase the expectations. So – in tomorrow afternoon's game, I don't think it's too much to ask of him not to simply throw the other team the ball three times. It shouldn't be too much to ask Zach while trying to throw it out of bounds, not throw it to the other team. Like, I don't think that's a lot to ask. I get wanting to extend plays, but you have to really skate that line of, you know, when it's worth it. On first and 10, we don't need hero ball. Because that interception where he's throwing, out, throwing the ball out of bounds, that was on first down. Take, dude, throw it, get rid of it, and then live to see two more plays. So I, I want him to, in his mind, be able to keep plays alive and keep drives alive and try to make, you know, pl- pl- make it happen with his legs. But you just have to have more sound decision-making. And I and understand, look, it's, it's easier said than done. The game is moving so fast. The, the Pats' defense is good. Belichick is a mastermind. So it's tough, but, hey, you're an NFL quarterback, so we should expect you not to keep giving the other team the ball because I think everyone would admit you play a clean game, this defense is good enough where the Jets should beat New England, even in Foxborough. They should. Zach? This year, has played six games. He's got five interceptions. All of the interceptions have come in just two games. So 
I guess essentially he's played four clean games in his, uh, out of the six this year. We need that to become number five tomorrow, and the Jets will be walking out of Foxborough with the win. 800-919-3776. Batting leadoff for us tonight is Aaron in the car. What's up, Aaron? Hey, good evening, Ty. Good evening to the company. Hey, Not before fun. I get started on the Jets point, um, just wanted to say I had an awesome time meeting you last night at the K-Show anniversary party. Um, I was trying to track down the podcast, and then when I found out you're going to be on 6 to 10 tonight, I thought uh, not only do I got to listen live, but I got to step into the dojo and talk to my man, Taekwondo, <laughs> about our Jets live on the air. So here yeah, I am. Aaron. Yo, man, it was it was dope meeting you last night. I I had a blast at the K Show with uh, at the K Show twentieth anniversary event, which we'll we'll talk about more as the show progresses. But you know, appreciate you and everyone for coming out there and supporting the guys, supporting the station. It was great to be a part of that moment. A lot of love uh, permeating the uh, P- Palladium Times Square Arena, and it was fun, man. I was I was excited to meet you, so I'm I'm glad we got an opportunity to do that. You and me both, man. It's all love. But uh, about this Jets game. So I'm I'm with you in lockstep. I'm really, really nervous about this game. But you know what? After being so bad for so long, it's kind of good to be able to feel nervous about a Jets game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I think as far as uh, as far as Zach is concerned, I want to quote Al Pacino talking to Jamie Lee. Uh, I'm sorry, t- talking to Jamie Foxx in uh, Any Given Sunday. You see it before you do it. You see it, you do it, and what I mean by that is, you know, it's you don't have to force you don't have to force it if it's not there. It's okay, like you said, to take a sack, throw it away, live to fight another down. But at the same time, you see it, you do it. Don't be indecisive. You see a read, make the decision. If it's third and five and you don't have anybody open, but you see real estate in front of you, you know, take off, slide, move the chains. You know, this this New England offense isn't something that you're going to have to outshoot. I think if you shut down Ramondre Stevenson. You really can't do much else. Trust the running game. Trust the defense. We have the formula. They beat us 13 times in a row. Go into Foxborough. Get a win. Show me something. It's a statement game, and I appreciate the call and the love, Aaron. It's a statement game, and I love what you brought up about being able to run for first downs, which I've been critical of him for the first four games of the season. Um, or five games of the season, I should say, because I felt like there was too much hustling backwards going on. Like we're doing the spin move, spin move, spin move into a 13-yard sack, and it just made no sense. One thing I've enjoyed watching Daniel Jones this year is he understands his strengths and his limitations. He understands the team's strengths and and limitations. They don't have weapons outside of Saquon Barkley. Like, yeah, it's been a remarkable story and what they've been able to do, but they're not winning games because of their offense. The defense has been exceptional, and Saquon is carrying them. But what Daniel Jones is doing is when the pass rush gets there, he's escaping and running forward. <laughs> he's finding the gaps and running forward. He's not going backwards and, and you know trying to make all these Patrick mahomes as plays and Russell Wilson in his prime. doesn't need to do that. He sees a hole, he runs right through it, and then first down, first down, first down, drive continues – all of a sudden, you're scoring points, and you're putting your team in, in, in position to win games. And I, I didn't think we saw enough of that from Zach Wilson, whereas last week, there was a little bit uh, of a change, and he was able to do that. And I still think it's a little awkward for him trying to slide and get down because I don't know if he quite trusts 
you know, himself in that situation because, you know, the knee injury he suffered against the Eagles in the preseason. But that's that's what I want to see more of from him. Sound decision-making. You don't have to – we don't need you to be Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow right now. At some point, you're going to have to hopefully get there if this team has aspirations of really contending, you know, year in and year out. But right now, with as good as this defense has played and the rushing attack that you've displayed – the coaching is, has been excellent with all of the you know changes to the offensive line. I, I've been really impressed with what uh, Salah and his coaches have done. We don't need you to play hero ball. Don't be the reason why they lose games. You were the single reason why they lost uh, against New England. You were why they lost that game. Don't have that happen again. Anthony in the mail truck wants to chop it up. What's up, Anthony? Hi, what's going on, brother? How are you? What to do, baby? So I'm I'm gonna go off of my point with Aaron Judge. Uh, we can talk about that a little later. Um, but this Jets this Jets game, you know, I'm like you like you know, I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. But I like this Jets team, man. I really do. You know, I feel like they got the pieces. Um, you know, not to not to really like like the Greeny point. Greeny's saying, you know, they got the pieces right now, but next year and the year after is, is when they're really gonna get after it. I think, you know, for the years to come, I think that they're going to give Josh Allen a run for his money. And, you know, Tua and company over there. You know, and like you said, I've been I've been harping on uh, the NFC East being the uh, best division in football, but, I mean, I feel like it's the AFC East and the NFC East, and then it's everyone else. You know, these, these teams in both divisions are playing phenomenally well, and they're all well-coached, <laughs> aside from my Cowboys, which, you know, I hope they go with Sean Payton next year. But, you know, I, I just want to hear your thoughts on that. And uh, always great to hear you, Ty, and I'll be listening. Appreciate the call, Anthony. Yeah, I mean, these two divisions, I, I think, have, have emerged as the two best in football, uh, with the Commanders beating the, the Eagles on Monday night. Now they join the AFC East as the only two divisions in football with every single team at or above 500. So you mentioned the Cowboys being the only team in that division with, I guess, a coaching deficiency. I think the, the two things that are going to hold them back, if because the Cowboys can win the, the title this year. They're, they're, they're really good in, in a conference that's not really all, excuse me, all that loaded. So the Cowboys can win it, but Dak can't make the decisions he did last week against uh, against the Packers in that overtime loss. And then Mike McCarthy, I just don't think he's a good head coach. And I'm old enough to remember everyone who said the Jets were, you know, were 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 wrong for not hiring him. He's got championship hardware. I watched a lot of my, Mike McCarthy because I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan, so I watch every Packers game. Mike McCarthy was was after that Super Bowl was not very good. He was not a good head coach. And I never wanted the Jets to hire him. I just I thought the game was passing him by. And I think the Cowboys have performed well this year in spite of McCarthy. And maybe if they experience, you know, early season or early postseason exit, he'll get fired, but that's that's Jerry's guy. Back to the Jets though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a fun brand of football. And, and the first caller also brought up it feels good to be at week 11 and have nerves because it means you're playing for something, which is 
not been which has not been the case for a very long time since 2015. It's been seven years since you were actually playing meaningful games late in the season. You you have the in the hunt graphic on these broadcasts, and we're gonna start to see you know the Jets are right there, and tomorrow, because of the the Dolphins being on a bye, you have an opportunity to with a win secure first place in the AFC East division. And some people are gonna look at it as you know, celebrating prematurely. I I say you take your wins where they come, and because you have a fan base that is starving, 12 years removed from its last postseason experience, uh, postseason um, game, you you have to take every opportunity you can to applaud and to celebrate and to live in the moment. This is a huge game because my question for everyone out there is. I understand the limitations they have at quarterback. But if Zach Wilson does become a really good one, what is their ceiling? We know the Jets have an excellent defense. We're starting to believe more in the coaching staff. But if Zach Wilson isn't going to be the reason this team loses, and not just that, if he actually becomes good, what do you think their ceiling is? Because I heard Don on the K show, you know, utter they have a championship level defense. And I don't I don't think that's an overstatement. They absolutely do. And it sucks with the injuries to Brees Hall, who was their best offensive player. He was so dynamic. And that's no slight to Garrett Rosen, who I think was phenomenal. Brees, Brees Hall, to me, was just he was just a game changer. And losing him is, is devastating. Losing Elijah Barrett Tucker, who was, who was so valuable, switching positions on the offensive line, that's, that's brutal as well. But in spite of all of that, you still have Garrett Wilson. Corey Davis is going to miss his third straight game, but he'll be back at some point. And he actually was having a bounce-back season. Braxton Berrios is still there. You still have weapons. you got to talk about Elijah Moore, who all of a sudden looks like they're going to be moving him to the slot. He, he's a weapon. If Zach Wilson can become a good quarterback, what is the ceiling for this Jet team? 800-919-3776. Ty D. Butler on Twitter. Back in a moment with your phone calls right here on 987 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Jacob, so last night we hung out at the K-Show event, which, by the way, was a blast. So shout out to the station uh, and Good Karma for putting together this event at the Palladium in Times Square, honoring the 20-year anniversary of the Michael K. Show. Michael K., Don LaGreca, Peter Rosenberg, all there looking dapper as usual, just celebrating what's been a remarkable one, a, a remarkable run. 20 years doing this show. I mean, that that that's an amazing accomplishment, and it, it's a great show, 3 to 7 every day right here on 98.7 ESPN. And as Greeny talked about in his spot in the 3 o'clock hour, uh, chemistry, it's hard to get, but once you find it, man, it's a gem. And, and those guys have it. it. It's comedy. It's not just hardcore sports talk, you know, breaking down, you know, Rizzo's five at-bats and the loss against the Blue Jays. You get a lot of comedy, pop culture, movies and TV references. Those guys do an excellent job. So I'm so proud of them, so happy uh, to be able to experience and share that moment with them last night, celebrating what is and continues to be a tremendous accomplishment. So big up to Rosenberg, LaGreca, and Kay 
from last night. I had a blast. Jacob, it was good to see you that there last night as well. Yeah, it was. I know we, uh, we don't get to see each other that often. Uh, yeah, that's why it was so fun, man. Like, we, we all got a chance to hang out. Uh, I met Sauce Gardner, so that was pretty cool. Joe Torrey. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Know. I'm a little jealous. I was in studio when that happened. So <laughs> so me saying this isn't making you feel good, but Sauce was a cool dude. Joe, Oswaldo Cabrera, um, Seth Rollins, David Cohn walked past me. So it was fun, man. It, it, was a, it, was a, it was a blast. Nick Mangold actually was arriving as he was exiting. So being in that atmosphere... You, you pinch yourself sometimes in this business because you get the opportunity to be around absolute stars, athletes, celebrities, and moments like that you live for. But last night, man, the roast was pretty good. I, yo, Dave and, and Carlin and Rick brought it. Oh, my gosh. they Absolutely, Rick was my favorite out the, out the bunch. Like, don't get me wrong, Dave and Chris did their thing, and I see they – Chris was more so prepared than anybody else. Like, Yeah, he was ner- – you could tell that those guys were nervous, which – so it's so funny to see them nervous because you're just not used to it. Like they're they're obviously great at what they do and on the air, like you know, being able to produce and work with them. Never seen them talking in the microphone nervous. So to see that happen last night was pretty funny. But let's be honest, like uh, I think they guys were more so nervous because of what Rick was gonna say. <laughs> Yo, he brought it. Yo, I mean, he going at the sales department. He's going at. And marriages, uh, yo, Rick, Rick, <laughs> Rick's, Rick's got some security, man. He he knows how valuable he is, so he can push the envelope a little, uh, envelope a little bit. But it was fun. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a great time. I was glad to see everybody there. You know, everybody doing their thing. Um, hopefully, we get to have another outing like that soon. Yeah, we should. And I was gonna say it was it was also. Uh, amongst all the names I mentioned, good to see Chantel there last night, but that's right, she didn't bother to show up. I so what happened there? there? So apparently she was too busy boo-boo loving. She couldn't come to a station event, even though we were celebrating a, a, a huge feat for three of the biggest talents we have here in New York radio. You just find you found yourself too good enough to attend? Um, No, not too good, but I had other matters to tend to. Not good enough. You, you got to be there. You got to be there to celebrate. This this was a huge night, and you weren't there. And you, you got on the job, what, a couple months ago? This would have been a good opportunity for you to ingratiate yourself, and, and you dropped the ball. So got to make fun of you for that. I was there in spirit, and I'll be at other events for sure. <laughs> for sure. 800-919-3776-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888